junk. We live in a beautiful part of the world. And I want us to think today about, we're thinking about mission. We're thinking about our purpose. Why are we here as a church? And we talked a lot about that last time. We had a really good discussion about what, what's our reason for being here as a church. And we talked about two things. We talked about we're here to gather together around Jesus so that we can be filled ourselves with more of Jesus in our lives. And then we're here to go out for Jesus to share him with the world. So when we talked, all it was fascinating, wasn't it? All these, we had about five or six tables. You all had your own discussions. And all of your tables could have put everything in those two categories. Why church? To gather together to know Jesus better and then to go out to share Jesus with the world. And I was going to, today, I was going to start then thinking about, well, okay, how do we do that? Let's talk about actual things we do. And I stopped and realized, actually, what we have to think about first is whether we love the place we live. Because unless we love the place we live, we won't want to go out. I heard, so I was listening to Radio 4 the other day, and I can't remember what they were talking about. I think they were talking about saving green spaces for people to walk in you know, because lots of green spaces are being lost. And I think that's what they were talking about. And somebody made this statement, which really struck me. They said, no one will try to save what they do not love. And I wrote it down because it immediately made me think of a Bible verse. What's a Bible verse about somebody saving because they love something? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he sent his son. The reason God saved this world is because he, he loves the world. And I thought, well, if we're, if we're sharing in God's mission in our community, then really we need to follow God and begin by praying today that God will keep us, give us a love for the world that we live in, the part of this beautiful garden that God has given us, this beautiful community. Uh, we need to ask before we talk any practicalities we need to ask God to give us his heart for this place and this people where we live so that's what we're thinking about today and I want to Lorna to just come up and read we sung all people that on earth do dwell and it's based on this beautiful psalm psalm 100 and Lorna's just gonna read that because it's a psalm about all of God's creation and everyone in it bringing praise to God thank you Morning. Right, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I wanted to read uh, another psalm, just a couple back from the one Lorna read. This is Psalm 98. I didn't tell you about this, Steve, sorry. So the words aren't on the screen. You have to bring your Bibles. Church. Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. 
All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth and he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in equity. Amen. I was just thinking about these Psalms when I was thinking about our sense of place. I think we live such busy lives nowadays and we do tend to move more now than in the past and perhaps we've lost a bit of that sense that you know before before it was common for people to relocate long distances people really had a sense of being that who they were was as much about the place they lived as it was anything and I think just that was on my mind as I thought about South Somerset where God has put us as a church and where we all live as people but actually, it's, it's, it's something we must ask God to do. You know, not wherever you live, there's going to be good and bad stuff. Uh, I think we have a lot of the good here. But, you know, we've got to ask God to keep giving us his heart for the world. Both, it's, both as that psalm says, it's about the rivers and the trees. It's about those views, the psalm says. You know, the rivers are praising God. The mountains, we could say the, the, the sunrise, that those beautifully lush. I don't think I had seen as green grass until I moved here and started driving that top road. When the, when the sunlight is on those fields, it is beautiful. The green is so vivid. And that praises God. And that should be, I, I think, help us, inspire us to love this place and then also, of course, love the people. But we need to pray it. And it just really struck me this week. How, how are many of you regularly pray that God will give you love for people? My hands aren't up, by the way, so don't feel embarrassed. One or two. I was really, I thought, I don't pray about this enough. I think about what we're going to do as a church, you know, what am I going to say on Sunday? But I don't pray enough, God, just give me love for the people around me, for this community in Fivehead or wherever you live, Curry Rival, Langport. So I think I'd like you to make that a regular part of your life of prayer. Because I really do believe, like that quote I heard on the radio, people will not say what they do not love. It's when we love this community that God will use us to bring blessing and salvation to it. Now, I want you to bear something. I'm going to say a few things. In a, Mary's going to pray in a minute, and then I'm going to say a few more things. Can I ask you to start thinking about something? If you were going to write a little Christmas greeting to Fivehead, what would that be? Just start thinking about it, because at the end of the service, I'm going to leave a couple of pieces of paper out to say a Christmas greeting for Fivehead, because I've got to write something for the December news magazine for Fivehead and Swell. And I thought it might be quite nice if I could put a few greetings in. Yeah, I just thought I'd get you to do it, because it's got to be in tomorrow. No, I'm si no, seriously, I thought it'd be really lovely if just one or two, I could, you, oh, if you can write something down, I could maybe pick a few and just say, look, here are some of the greetings from our church to you all as, as a community, before I write something about Jesus as well in that. All right? So I'll leave that in. So, but start thinking about that. Okay, so just a couple more thoughts uh, on what I've already been talking about, really. Um, as I say, um, I st we started thinking about our purpose as a church. We 
We saw that twin emphasis of gathering and then going. We gather to be filled with more of Jesus. We go to give and share Jesus with the world. So, we, so we, what we were talking about really is what's the point of Five Baptist Church? What's the point of it? Uh, it is to be a church that comes together to be filled with Jesus, to then go out and share Jesus, making a difference in the world. And as I say, I was going to jump to the next step about, okay, well, what should we do then? Um, or what are we doing? But then I thought, you know, we have to pause to consider our love for the community. Uh, John 3.16, we've already mentioned that. God so loved the world. The, the word used there in John 3.16 that we translate world is the word cosmos, uh, cosmon in Greek, from which we get our word cosmos. So it doesn't just say God so loved some people or some places. It's, it's cosmos. It's a Greek word that encompasses absolutely everything and everyone, the whole world. We would say the universe. So God made all this world. He made all things and all of us, and he cares about it all. And we need to share that love for all things. I mentioned uh, to the children, Genesis chapter 2, about that garden. The Lord God formed, this is Genesis 2, the Lord God formed the human from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the human he had formed. And the Lord God took the human and put him in the garden to, and it says, to tend or work or serve it. And to take care or guard or keep it. Those are different translations. So to tend and keep it, to, to serve and guard this garden God had planted for Adam and Eve. Now, those words at the end there of that bit I quoted, to tend and to keep, to look after and to serve, those are words of purpose. It's telling us, Genesis 2, why God has put us here in this wonderful garden that is the world that he's created for us. The same two words, actually, are used later on in the Bible for the priests, the Israelite priests, were also to tend and keep the temple. So the way, if you think about the way the Israelite priests looked after and made sure the temple was ready and, and all that it should be for the people and looking beautiful and good so that people could come to the temple and know the blessing of God, those are the same two words that Genesis 2 had already used about the human in the garden God had put there. And I think that's a lesson for us all about our purpose in this big wide garden, this big wide world that God has created. Now you might say, well, yeah, it's, it's easy if you're talking about, you know, Eden uh, or places that are like Eden, you know, those beautiful views, lovely parts of the world. It's easy to love that. It's easy to love people who are really nice and we get on with. Do we have to love the other bits? And the other ones, well, this is why I've got another passage for you now. And this one's from later on in the Old Testament, where God told the people to look after Babylon. Now, if you know your Old Testament, Babylon was bad news if you were an Israelite. They were the enemy. And uh, this passage, it's in Jeremiah 29, by the way. 
This passage is set when ancient Israel had been overcome by the Babylonians and they were being carried away from their Eden, their promised land, and they were taken from their homes and the Babylons carried them away into exile in Babylonia. So this was not idyllic. This was not an Eden anymore. This was an absolute crisis. It was a tragedy. It was awful. They were being taken where they did not want to be. But listen to what God said to the, the people of Israel as they were carried off to a land they didn't want to be in, uh, full of people who were very unlike them. God says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens, interesting, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and daughters and give them in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. And seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, I, I think we have to appreciate the shock of God saying, if you had just been defeated, ripped from your home, and were being taken into exile, and God says, look, I want you to seek the peace of that place you go to. Now, he, wasn't, he wasn't saying what they'd done was good and right. You know, they were a pretty violent bunch, the Babylonians. A lot of people had died. Because he says, if you pray to the Lord for that place you're going, even if you didn't want to be there, it's, if it flourishes, you too will flourish. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he expressed his love for people around him, both those like him and those not like him, Jews and Gentiles. Paul was a Jew. Uh, but he was sent, of course, very much to the other, other nations. And he said, for example, in Corinthians, to Corinthians, the love of Christ compels us, he said, to come to you with a message of re reconciliation. Interesting that Paul says it's, it was the love of Jesus that compelled him to go as an ambassador for Jesus. His own people, this is one, of, I find, one of the most challenging things Paul ever wrote. In Romans 9, Paul says his love for his fellow Israelite people was so great, Paul says this at the beginning of Romans 9, he would be willing, he says, to be cut off and estranged from Christ if, they were going, if it meant they would be saved. Gosh, that's pretty astonishing. Paul's saying he would willingly forego his own salvation for their sake if for them to be saved. Now, of course, God didn't ask him to do that, and he doesn't, I don't think, ask any of us to, but the point is Paul was trying to tell them how much he loved his neighbor, his fellow Israelite. He loved the Gentiles. He went, the love of Christ compelled him to share Jesus with them, and he loved his own people so much. He wished they would know Jesus more than anything else. Now, those passages are all just to get us to think about how we feel and get us to pray that God will make us feel more love for our community and our people, both the bits that are easy to love, but also perhaps we need to pray more for the bits that are not easy to love.